This is Sean Mandoli, and you're listening to the Hopeland Church Podcast. I hope you encounter God and walk in new levels of freedom as a result of listening to this message. Enjoy. Hey, everybody. How are you? I'm really excited to be able to share this word today. Um, Today, we kick off our sermon series, If It Matters to You, It Matters to God. And this is truly a message from the heart. Um, I know I'm going to pray and then we're going to jump right in. But I want you guys to understand kind of where this came from and why this is um, our sermon series for this month. Um, You guys know these last few years have been super challenging (laughs) for people in all ways, in all forms. Um, We've all experienced something in these last few years, especially in these last few years. But um, over the course of that time, my husband and I just really felt a burden um, for people in prayer, people's needs. There were so many needs. And not that we were overwhelmed by this burden. This is what we're called to do. God has given us the ability to um, shepherd and to love on and to pray and pray for and to care for the people um, that are part of this community. But um, in that time, we just felt like, God, um, give us the ability to help people understand how much you care for them. But while sometimes it feels like we're walking through these things all on our own, um, God's care and his presence is always there. And um, I remember saying during that time, Lord, I'm just so grateful. I'm so thankful for your continued care. I'm so thankful that you're here with me. And um, that's when this series was born. And I thought, I think there are people, more people, who need to know how much God cares about the small things, the big things, the everything. He cares about every single thing that matters to you. It's important to him. It matters to him as well because it matters to you. So that is the heart of this message. That is where this series was birthed. Um, And and I'm excited to be kicking it off with you guys today. I'm just going to pray and then we're going to jump right in. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this opportunity to share something that you put in my heart um, for this community. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that even as I share these words, that it won't just be words, but by your spirit, you begin to work and move in people's hearts. I pray, God, that people come into an understanding, a greater understanding of who you are, how much you love them, how much you care for them, and that you are a God who says, who does what he says. And I just pray, Lord, that coming out of this, this would be a blessing and an encouragement to people now. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So... You guys know I am not like my husband, so I might preach a little different. I might not have very clear, clear, definable points, but there will be nuggets. So I hope you're taking notes. I hope that you come into this prepared to receive something, but um, we're going to just jump right in. So I want to start with this. Um, We live in a world, um, this world is just full of stuff. Um, It's full of things, it's full of information, it's full of people that all tell us 
um, that we're, we need to be independent. We need to just go out there, work hard. We just need to go do our thing. We need to take care of ourselves. We need to um, take care of my money, my business, my stuff, my family. We hear the term self-made millionaire. Um, but you know, when we, be when we believe in God, um, there's an element of this life that we don't necessarily ascribe to. I'm not talking about laziness and I'm not talking about just sitting back and letting things happen. Happen. Um, I'm talking about allowing ourselves to trust God to provide where we need him to provide, to not put our trust in the things, in the people, in the ways of the world, but to trust him completely and implicitly. Um, Having that sense of independence, and I do this on my own, it's a very fine line to walk because we can find ourselves um, believing in our own abilities and in humanity more than we believe in God and who he is and his intentions and his ways of doing things and his thoughts toward doing things. It's a very fine line. And this is why we have to be people of the spirit. And this is why we have to know who God is. We don't want to trust humanity more than we trust God. And that very nature, that very um, self-glorifying nature is very anti-God and it's very anti-kingdom of God. This is why in the kingdom of God, we live for him, for his way, for his purpose, for his will. This is not about us. And you'll look at God, look at God, Old Testament, New Testament, in your life and other people's lives, you will see that God is consistent from the beginning, from the beginning. His very nature is that he does things with humanity, with his creation. He very rarely um, does things independently, like where he's just like, I'm going to do this. He will engage us in ways that... Um, will show his might, his power, his care, his concern, his righteousness, his judgment. He demonstrated his power from beginning to the end. He is always looking for ways to show his love, his faithfulness and his goodness. And it's so important that we remember we're not in this world of ourselves. Everything and anything I have is because of the goodness of God. Any good thing in my life is because of the faithfulness of God. This doesn't start with me and it doesn't end with me. It always begins with him and it will always end with him as well. So listen, first point, I do have a point. I know I said I might not have points, but I do have a point. Don't believe the lies. Don't believe the lies. Listen, don't let the world lie to you and tell you that he doesn't care. Don't let the world lie to you and tell you that he doesn't hear your prayers. Don't let the world lie to you and tell you he doesn't feel your pain. Don't let the world lie to you and tell you he doesn't see your tears. If it matters to you, it matters to God. Listen, everything that we know about God points to his care in a very personal and intimate way. The devil, the enemy, Satan, whatever you want to call him, he's the father of lies. That's what the Bible, that's what Jesus said about him. He said he's the father of lies. There's no truth in him. 
So anything, anything in this world, whether it's books, TV shows, people, whoever, whatever it is, anything that causes you to believe that God is other, is God is different than what he says he is, is a deception. And that deception is what causes us to separate from God. It leaves us in limbo, trusting in what we see and touch, the natural things, rather than trusting in who he is. And his word proves who he is over and over and over again. And I'm going to show that to you in his word. I'm gonna, we're going to start right at the beginning and we're going to go through the word. And I'm going to show you how God is consistent in his character and who he says he is. Check this out. In Genesis, Adam and Eve, he could have left them to die. They sinned. They disobeyed him. They sinned, walking around naked, exposed. What did God do instead? He covered them and he made a way for them. In Exodus, we look at God and his relationship to the Israelites. He led them out of slavery. He found somebody, he found Moses and said, listen, you are going to be a deliverer. He said, I'm going to use you to free my people. He protected them. He provided for them despite their ungratefulness and complaining nature. Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. He knows our nature, so he provided a way for them to live righteous lives. These books, you'll see that they're books of law. There's a lot of rules. There's a lot of ways of doing things. God did that so they would have some sort of structure, so they would have some way to please him, some way to be led by him. Joshua, he saw the future. God saw the future of famine and lack for his people, so he positioned someone who would provide for them. He positioned Joshua. Do you think Joshua knew when he was thrown into the pit that, um, that he was going to be a deliverer for his people? Do you think he knew that he would become second in charge to Pharaoh? He didn't. He had no idea, but he still had to walk through what God needed him to walk through in order for God's plans for his people to be fulfilled at a later date. In Judges, Kings, Chronicles, he let them have a king. God, God was like, I'm your king, but the people wanted a king. They wanted somebody to say your majesty to. Like They wanted a king because they wanted to look like every other nation and they wanted to be like every nation. God let them. He let them choose. He gave them free reign to choose. The prophets, he continuously sent his word to his people to warn, to prepare, and to encourage them. And then we come to the New Testament. Listen, this is God. This is God. He's shown himself faithful up until this point. He's shown that he will be a deliverer, that he will be a provider, that he will care and um, and that he's with people in their plight. I don't have to tell you the individual stories. There's Ruth. There's the... the the um, the Samaria, Samaria, the woman of Samaria. There's um, Esther. There's there's so many stories through there. David that speak of God's faithfulness and intimacy with His people. Intimacy. When David sinned, God sent a prophet to him and said, "Let me help you out. I don't want to see you lost. I don't want to see you broken. I don't want to see you separated from me." In David's sin. God sent a prophet to him and said, listen, let me help you. Let me tell you this story. 
And in that, David still found God's mercy. God was just and righteous, but he still recognized that because of his sin, there was a cost. But even in the middle of that, he still found the nature of God. God still reached out his hand. So listen, now we're in the New Testament. New Testament. Listen, God came in the flesh, a living representation of all he ever was, all he is, and all he will be to us. He became like us so he could save us. Mm. I love him so much. Jesus is our savior. And we still, even knowing all of that, we still struggle to believe that he cares. We struggle to believe that he even understands what we're going through. We struggle to believe and to take God at his word, but he has shown himself faithful time and time and time and time again. So listen, listen to this. I often share this with people um, because we will never go through life without having to ask the question, God, are you really who you say you are? I don't believe we can walk through this life of faith and not really be challenged into pursuing God and seeing if he really is who he says he is. I don't believe you can walk the Christian life without any, without any type of struggle or challenge. And I often share this with people. If you've talked with me in any way, in any form, in any, at any time, I will say if there's ever a time you have to make a difficult decision about your life or there's a season that's been particularly challenging for you, I always encourage people, look for the hand of God. Look for his grace. Look for his care and his mercy. Look for his hand in the middle of your struggle because you will find him when you look for him. He's always there. It shows his care. We're never truly alone. It feels like it sometimes. Sometimes it feels like we're walking through this desert, we're walking through this life, and you're like, God, where are you? And God is like, I'm, I am all, I've been here. I am where I've always been. And sometimes his care comes through uh, a friend. It comes through a preached word. It comes through time spent in worship. It comes through, it comes through, it could come through anything. You can see God just spoke to my heart here and ministered to me. You will find him in the middle of it all. Why? Because he cares. He cares. If it matters to you, it matters to God. So listen, we're going to jump into some scripture here. <laughs> you guys thought I wasn't going to get into the Bible. Listen, we are going to 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. These are some of my favorite verses. Um... And I say that a lot. I have a lot of favorites. Different seasons of my life, certain verses have been more favorite than others. But this is one of my favorites. It's 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 12 through 14. This speaks to, about God and his nature. If we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we're faithless, he remains faithful, true to his word and his righteous character, for he cannot deny himself. He is 
he is faithful. Verse 19 says this, nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands having this seal. The Lord knows, the Lord knows those who are his. You are his, you are his child. He cares about you. If it matters to you, it matters to God. He cannot be anything other than he is. And he's faithful. You guys have heard me say this over and over again. I cannot help but speak of the faithfulness of God. I cannot help but shout from the rooftops the faithfulness of God. Has my life been easy? No. Have I had my share of struggles? Yes. And in all of it, through all of it, I can only say that God has been faithful. How do I know that? I've actually tested his faithful nature. I've actually sought him and said, God, I need to see your faithfulness in my life, in this area. And he has been faithful. What has happened is he hasn't changed, but I've changed. And that makes a world of difference in how we see God, how we respond to God, how we speak of God, how we trust God. All right, so let's jump into the next point here. I won't keep you too much longer, but here's our next point. Don't let comparison rob you from trusting in God completely. So I know we've heard a lot about don't compare yourself to this person. Don't compare yourself to that person. But that's a real thing. It is a real internal thing. Listen, we just talked about who God is. We just talked about who he has shown us to be. And now I want to talk about the things that we trust in, the things that we believe, the things that we see. Listen, your needs matter. Your desires matter. What is in your heart matters. And God cares too many times. I see people minimize their needs or not vocalize their prayers because they think, listen, my stuff isn't as important as their stuff. My, my desires aren't important as their needs. But listen, there is nothing insignificant to God. You and your needs are just as important as so-and-so or, or your sister or your brother, whoever it is. It doesn't matter who, we are, it doesn't matter who it is. There is nothing insignificant about your needs. There's nothing insignificant about the things going on in your life. There's nothing insignificant about your prayers. And I know this is really talking about me, 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 and my relationship to the Lord. And, and, um, but the personal nature of our relationship with God, it truly affects every other area of our lives. It affects how we interact with people. It affects how we think. It affects how we speak. It affects how we act. Like all of these things are connected. So listen, comparison will erode your ability to trust God. It erodes it. And I'm not just talking about like, like just this quick washing away. It can be very subtle. It can, it can start to chip away at your trust and belief in who God is. Listen, we see other, people's getting, other people getting the things they want. We see others talking about how God came through for them for the same things that we've been believing God for, for years. 
We see people talking about the faithfulness of God. God is so good. God did this for me. God, God provided for me. And we're like, I have been praying for that forever. And I haven't seen the hand of God move in my life that way. And listen, this is where it begins. This is where the seeds of doubt are planted. This is where the erosion begins. Unless you understand who God is and his character, this is where distrust and doubt starts to seep in. You start to ask questions like this. Will he really do it for me? Why hasn't God heard me? Then we shift into judgment. This is what we do. They live their lives like that and God answers their prayers. I'm at church every Sunday. I serve every Sunday and I don't see God answering my prayers. What? How come God's answering them and not responding to me? How is that fair? And then we believe that God is unjust and that he doesn't really care. So we begin to pull back. We begin to take a step back. He hasn't done anything for me or he hasn't done the things that I really want him to do for me. So why should I be so committed to him? And you know what? It might not be that blatant. It might not be that black and white for you. But we begin to step back from the things that we know are necessary in our lives. We start to, to put value and place value on other things more than we do God. Listen to me and listen to me carefully. Asking questions aren't necessarily a bad thing. The asking God of the whys and the hows, and that's not necessarily a bad thing because that speaks of intimacy. That speaks of God. I'm talking to you here and I'm not hearing you. Am I missing something? Talk to me, Lord. I want to, I want to know you. I want to hear you. But if you ask these questions, listen, you ask these questions in a way to justify how you will act or how you will position yourself toward him. You set yourself up. You set yourself up to allow him, to not allow him to reveal himself to you. How can he reveal himself to somebody <laughs> who's questioning his nature? Who are you, God? And it's not necessarily the question, it's the heart condition, because we can ask those same questions from a place of uh, true supplication and a true desire to know his heart and to know his ways for you. But then there's this other way of coming to God, where it's like, you know what? You're not really who you say you are. And I know that life can be hard. I know that. God's character never, never changes. So if you once believed that God could do this, he can still do it. Comparison will erode your ability to trust in God. It'll slowly chip away until you find yourself in a place where you even start to wonder if God is real. Or you put yourself in a position of complete complacency where it's like, yeah, I believe in God. I believe there's a God out there, but I don't believe in his might. I don't believe in his power. I don't believe I can trust him. 
with the things that matter to me. I don't believe that he really cares. And I don't believe that he really truly hears my prayers. That is the ultimate deception where it brings us to a place where we cannot see him. We can't see him. We can't know him. We can't even begin to understand him. And listen, this is very true, this scripture. We hear this scripture all the time. And if you ever read through the book of Isaiah, it's really a book of, um, this is God reaching out to his people. He, he gives them a warning. It's like, this is coming if you don't change your ways. Then they're in exile. And he's like, I'm still God. There will be judgment for the people who have come against you. And then it ends. The chapters end. Isaiah ends with words of hope. This is what you will see. This is where we begin to hear about the prophetic picture of Jesus, the Savior, the one who will come and save us. So listen, Isaiah 55, this is God talking. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down, I'm going to read it over here. I'm going to switch over here. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth and bring, make it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes from my mouth. It will not return to me void, but it will accomplish what I please and it shall prosper in the thing in which I sent it. Listen, we cannot begin to understand the thoughts of God, the ways of God. We cannot even fathom what God sees and what he knows. This is, the, this is why our desire for him, our pursuit of him is to know him. It reveals his nature. It reveals who he is. We begin to see who he truly is. So what that does is when these things in life happen, when these things challenge us, when we see other people getting the things that we have been praying for for years, it comes back to this place of God. I still trust you. I believe you. I know your word will do what it says. I trust that your word will accomplish what you need it to accomplish. I know that you are faithful and that I can trust. It brings you back when you know his character. It brings you back to this place of no, I will not compare my life to theirs. This, this God's doing something in them, but he is also working his way and his will in me. Listen. Do not let comparison erode your ability to trust in God. Don't let it. Don't let it do that. Listen, I can't sit here and tell you why God allows certain things to happen or why we don't see what we want to see when we want to see it. I don't know. I really don't know. I feel like there's some things that we'll only discover when we get to heaven. There are only, there's some things we'll only know when we get to heaven. But I want you to understand but God is faithful, he's true to his word, and he will see you through. He will never leave you alone. First Peter 5, seven through 11, let's turn there together. First Peter 5, seven through 11, it says this. Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him 
for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, be vigilant, sorry. <laughs> because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He is out there looking for people to take out. Listen, resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. But may the God of all grace, his grace is sufficient, everyone, his grace is sufficient, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Listen. This speaks to how the enemy wants to destroy your ability to trust in God. It says very clearly, when you cast your care on him, you'll see that God cares for you. If it matters to you, it matters to God. Listen, I'm going to share this story, and then I'm going to close with this point. Um, you guys might have heard this Chick-fil-A. So this is my Chick-fil-A story. <laughs> for those of you who have heard this story, I'm sorry you're going to hear it again. Listen, this is how I know my God cares for me and cares about the small things. Um, you guys know that um, I'm Canadian. I'm now American, too, so I'm a dual citizen. Um, but when my husband and I first got married, I had to move back to Canada uh, while our immigration process was happening. So I was in Canada for a good, like, nine months. So we got married. I was here for six months, then had to go back. Um, before I could, um, for our paperwork to be finished. So when I was leaving here, when I was leaving the States, um, I was like, God, I want to try and get Chick-fil-A before I go. Cause at that point, uh, Toronto didn't have Chick-fil-A. So I was like, I just want Chick-fil-A one more time, but we didn't get to go to Chick-fil-A before I left. And I was so sad. <laughs> I was in the airport. I'm like, man, I'm not going to get my Chick-fil-A before I leave. So I get on my plane. And I typically, when I'm flying back to Toronto, I don't like stopovers. Um, I like direct flights. Uh, but this time I had a stopover. So I had a stopover and I was walking to my gate. And on the way, I saw a Chick-fil-A. <laughs> Listen, can I tell you, in that moment, I was like, Lord, I know you care about me. I know that you show your love toward me. It might seem trivial to you, but you know what? It showed me that he cares about even the small things, that he cares about those little things that might seem insignificant. Some of you might not even like Chick-fil-A. That's fine. You can hate on it all you want. But for me, that was something small, and something important. I was like, I'm not going to see this again for enough. And it was literally 10 months before I came back into the country again. And um, for me, it was just a small indication of God's goodness to me, his care for me. Um, and it might, like I said, it might not be a big deal to you. But in that moment, it just showed me that God cared. And um, I want that for you. I want you to know that he cares, even about the small things. So listen, we're gonna end with this. This is my final point. When you see God for who he is, it changes the way you think and it changes the way you live. 
our humanity is what causes us to stumble and fall. We're humans. Like, we're born into this world. This is a fallen world. Um, and there's nothing you can do about it. All of us are born into this world. The only person who, well, even Jesus was born into this world. He was born into this world. The difference for us is that he was the son of God. He was God and man. For us, we are just man. We are humans. We are mankind. Listen, when we experience salvation, everything changes. Everything changes. When we understand the power of the cross, what Jesus did, what it represents, we have no option but to change. What Jesus did changed everything. It changed everything. We're made new. The world we're living in is still the same. But we are new because of Jesus' sacrifice. We are completely new. Behold, you are a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That is us. I am a new creature in Christ. In Christ. Our newness has already been acquired. It's our humanity, <laughs> our human nature that's being transformed and sanctified. Listen, listen to this. We struggle sometimes, I think, in this world because we have these pictures of superheroes. We, we, I love Marvel movies. Listen, I'm all for a good Marvel movie. Um, but I think sometimes, and not on purpose, inadvertently, maybe subconsciously, we think of God kind of like a superhero. He comes and he saves the day. He saves us over and over and over again. But our superheroes, the ones we see in these shows and these movies, they're fallible. They're going to die. Not everyone's going to live forever. Like, I'm not talking about Thor. And even that, Thor and all of those people from outer space, they're like, um, they're not like, they're not real. They're like mythical. <laughs> but I'm talking about the ones, the men who have like these supernatural abilities or they're just super smart like Tony Stark and then they create all these things to make them fly and do all these different things. Listen, it's mankind. God is not a superhero. He is not a superhero. He is supernatural. He is not human. He is not human. Jesus was human. But God is not like us in the sense that... Um, that um, he's fallible. He will not die. He, he died and rose again. He defeated death. He cannot die and stay dead. Jesus came and showed us that God is beyond death. He is. He just is. He was there in the beginning. He will be there in the end. Listen to me. Our lives are then a reflection of who God is. If we understand who God is, it will change the way you think, meaning your perspective on life, your perspective on things will change. When you see God for who he is, it changes the way you live your life. I can't live the way I was. I cannot be who I was. I am no longer that person. I am no longer where I was before. Listen, listen to me. <laughs> Romans 12, 1. Romans 12, 1. I beseech you therefore, brethren, 
by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. I want to be transformed. Then it goes on to talk about being transformed by the renewing of your mind. I want to be transformed into his likeness. I want to be more like him. I want to see him for who he is so I can think what he thinks, so I can do what he does, so I can be led by the Spirit. Listen to me, church. Listen to me. We live in this human body and we live in this world, but we are spiritual beings. We are led by the Spirit. We know the Spirit of God. We hear his voice. We know his voice. And we know who he is. So listen, don't let your humanity prevent you from seeing God in all of his glory. 1 Corinthians 2.14 But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Listen, we live in this world. We are humans, but we are led by the Spirit of God. In order to trust God, you have to know God. In order to know God, it begins with believing that he is who he says he is. Listen, this understanding does not come from your own ability to study and to just conjure up understanding. There are some things that can only be understood by the Spirit. Who God is, is revealed in salvation and in our continued pursuit of him. The things that matter to you matter to God, but it all begins with knowing and trusting who he is. It's not a question of whether it's true, whether the phrase is true, if it matters to you, it matters to God. It's a question of, are you willing to let go of what you know in order to step into who you know? And that's the personal challenge. His character is sure. His nature hasn't changed. We're the ones who change. Ask him to reveal himself to you, and he will. I'll close with this. 2 Corinthians 3, 14 through 18. But their minds were blinded. For until this day, the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament because the veil is taken away in Christ. But even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil lies on their heart. This, is, this whole passage of scripture is talking about spiritual wisdom and understanding. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of God, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the spirit of the Lord. Listen to me, everybody. God cares. If it matters to you, it matters to him. To know him changes everything. Let him show you who he is. 
let him show you his character and his nature so you can begin to trust so you can begin to believe so you can begin to see him in all of his glory listen it changes everything and i stand by this if it matters to you it matters to god i hope you enjoyed the message and my prayer is that you will change your world as a result if you're ever in the la area join us for one of our weekend gatherings and don't forget to follow us on social media Peace.